Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a very hot edition of A Date with Dateline, just because it's really hot in here, not because Robert Durst is hot. Oh, wow. I was going to say. What if I started with like, Katie, do you think Robert Durst is as sexy as I do? What would you say? Oh, I I think I'd have to go. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Kimberly's gone. She won't be back next week. It'll just be me <laughs> and a cat. That'll be fun. No, I, I do like pasty, skinny guys. Oh, then he's right up your alley. <laughs> and he's very wealthy. That's true. Because your good friends here at House Day Katie looked up how much they're worth. Oh, I yeah, they know. said it on Twitter. What did they say? Um, oh, it was something like the the empire is worth four point four billion, but yeah. he was bought out for sixty five million. It wasn't as much as I thought, but it's still like high millions. Oh yeah, it was a lot. On me- many Dateline producer said it was he's worth like a hundred million. Yeah, I mean that's okay. It's not chump change. I've been rewatching. So let's just put it out there right now. This is obviously a really well known case, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think it is because yeah. it, it's known to me, but. The Jinx, I've been rewatching The Jinx since watching The mm-hmm. Dateline. Yeah. The Jinx is a great series. Dateline is great, but so is The Jinx on yeah, HBO. Yeah, but then I now think about The Jinx completely differently after watching this Dateline. I know. So, but, so you hadn't seen that before. You didn't You didn't read all the controversy no, about it. No, I didn't know oh, about that. Oh, okay. Well, let's get yeah. into it so we can let people know what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So, um, oh, I just want to say... For Patreons, all Patronuses, please check your messages. I wrote some messages to some people asking if they had gotten stickers and such, and I wanted just to keep track of who's gotten what. That's all. Also, did you know that for $2 a month, you could support us, and it's like paying 50 cents an episode just to support that us your, today? That's your housekeeping? Yeah, I just, no, just anyways. But anyways, this episode is dedicated to our Patronus, Gina P., who thinks she's the biggest smartass ever. Oh. Is that like a throwing down a gauntlet, Gina? Do you, For you. I don't do think you she's talking to me. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Although you do cut out a lot of my smartassery. So maybe no, she not so much now. anymore. She knows. I mean, it's pretty apparent. It's like woven into the tapestry of your just everyday language. So Right. Well, it's um, nice to meet you, Gina. I bet we'd be best friends if we met in real life. I tend to like smart asses. <laughs> she's married to her best friend, and Aww. she has a four-year-old named Cecily. And Aww. she thinks she lights up a room when she walks in solely with her bronzer, hashtag Katie. There we go. What you using? You using I- Tantastic? Let me know. I'm curious about Tantastic. You, uh, we got a lot of comments on your REI membership card. <laughs> When you were just oh, did I leave that in bronzed? Oh yeah. Oh, I oh. think I did cut out. I think I did cut out part of it because it was really long. My whole REI adventure trip. Oh it was boy, just enough. People heard it, and she also thinks that Keith should run for president. Which yeah. is well, he is Canadian, so mm-hmm. some laws would have to be changed. But mm-hmm. if he did run, what do you think his catchphrase would be? I know what it is. Oh. I'm just going to give you the opportunity to pitch one. Just like off the cuff? I don't even get a chance to think about it? Right. Um, I'm thinking of the worst one. I don't know what's wrong with me. The only thing that's coming into my head is all roads lead to Morrison, which makes no sense. Hmm. 
it's that's a terrible catchphrase. Dictatorship. It, yeah, it's a t- it's a bad catchphrase. I'm sorry, Keith. I let you down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just go. What's the good one? Okay, well, I have two. Make America lean again. Leaning towards the future. Leaning towards the future. And, and we chanted, leaning towards the future, four more years. like Four Morrison years? There you go. So you, you contributed. In the end, I did uh-huh. contribute. It was, it was late, it. but that's fine. But anyways, thank you, Gina, so much, because your support helps us bring these episodes that everyone gets to enjoy. And so we all owe Gina a great debt of gratitude. Thanks, Gina. Send her presents. Uh... You don't have her address. You can't. Uh, this episode is called <laughs> Robert, Robert Durst, The Secret Tapes. There the we go. Secret Tapes. Yeah. And it aired on August 19th, 2019, season 27, episode 51, hosted by future president Keith Morrison, 2020, leaning towards Man. the future. Yeah. Harvard man, American board. None of those things are true. He's still going to run. I did have to tell my mom when I was explaining to my mom about what this case was, because I spoke to her earlier today, and I was telling her about Robert Durst and how she needs to watch the jinx and and all this stuff. And I said, I was like, but the perfect, it had to be Keith doing this episode. I said, it just does for some reason a case, and it's not even really about money, but I feel like the old New York money that does play a part in this somehow because it's in his attitude. I said, it's got to be Keith covering it. Keith is a Harvard man. And she goes, oh, is he? I said, no, he's not. Don't worry about it. Keith is also the perfect example of how to grow older and with white hair without looking like a pedophile goblin, (laughs) which is what Robert Durst looks like, which I will be expanding on a lot. A pedo troll? Okay, great. Pedo Goblin. A troll is too weighty. Goblin, he's barely there. He's like a wisp of a person. He's just skin and some corroded bones. He has a calcium level of one. I, think I don't know the, what the scale is. but I think that you are thinking of troll as Harry Potter troll, and I'm right. thinking of different kind of troll. The kind under the bridge? I'm thinking of like the trolls in Frozen when they're kind of small. They're small. Oh, they are more tan, though, aren't they? Goblins are green or gray, and gray. trolls are gray. Yeah. Gray? The, are they the ones that turn into, like, rocks in yes. Frozen? Yes. Those are trolls? Yes. Mm. That's, okay. why, that's why I'm thinking of, like, littler. But, okay, goblin. Got it. Um, I did... Which Harry Potter quiz is, like, the quiz? There's is lots. The, but the- is it the BuzzFeed one? Wait, which? What do you mean? I mean, a sorting quiz or like yeah, a which is the sorting quiz. the sorting quiz to like decide? Is there I an official one? Probably the one on Pottermore. Yeah. Okay. I haven't taken it because I'm too scared. I'll go look. I've taken. I did like others. a BuzzFeed one. Just I did it recently. I wouldn't trust like, BuzzFeed because BuzzFeed is like pick out a flavor of ice cream and we'll tell you which side character on Friends that you are. Oh, all right. Which well, is a good. real quiz. Good, because I would like a new quiz. Pick so. a hot okay. dog topping, and we'll tell you which celebrity you're going to marry. Oh, it's like a bad mash game. Okay. It's terrible. terrible. All right. So Robert Durst, or Bob Durst, as Keith calls him, 
which is funny to I don't know why it's funny to me. My dad is a Robert that goes by Bob, but when Keith does it, it reminds me of when other actors call Robert De Niro Bob Bobby. De Niro. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it does. But then also, <laughs> my thought was if Ma- if Mank had been doing this episode, would it have been Bobby? I feel like it would have been Bobby. Oh yeah, Bobby Durst. Yeah, Bobby Durst. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So prosecutor. John Lewin is also the star of this episode. We have met him many times on Dateline. I have thoughts. I will get to them. Mandy.murder on Twitter finds him hot. Oh, okay. As like the hot that I was pretending that I found Robert Durst to be. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Different strokes for different That's how I feel about that. To each their own. Okay. So Robert Durst grew up very rich. So rich that the... I'm sorry. Every time I wrote Durst, it autocorrected to worsts, but like a bratwurst. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, They were so rich that to the Dursts, the Trumps were suburbanites. Wow. And they show Trump pursing his lips in a really unsettling manner. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the years, there have been three people that were either murdered or went missing. And old Bobby has pretty much gotten away with it. But now he's up against Lewin, and he lives for these cases that no one else will try or that there's no evidence. He's just dogged. So this is a special kind of dateline in which they are assuming that you are coming in with a a (laughs) minimal amount of knowledge about who Robert Durst is. This episode is all over the place. They really like they want they don't give a lot of explanation about they, they don't do even tell you what this trial is for until like halfway through the episode. That is true. Which murder it is. I'm like, is it a cumulative trial? So are we doing what this recap this? in the order of the episode? Are we letting the suspense <laughs> no, build? No, I'm going to try to be more clear. Okay. But I'm going to put out the players there we go. for this okay. trial, at least. So there's John Lewin. Robert Durst is on trial. John Lewin is the prosecutor. He has brought in all these new people that have not been heard from before. A lot of them are old friends of Robert. And they are conditional witnesses, which means they're on the stand before the trial even happens, I think. And it's videotaped. And that's if they're very old and they won't make it to trial, maybe. They said that. Or if if they're being threatened by or intimidated by the person on trial. And they need to, like, not be in the same courtroom as them. Okay. I don't... There probably are a lot of other reasons. Is this for the grand jury? Is this to see if it's... Or is the grand jury already over? No. We are at the, like, I think like, it's already over. I th- phase. Okay, I think okay. this is pre-trial. Again, the dateline wasn't that clear. Okay. But I'm pretty sure okay. pre-trial. Now, Bob's attorney is Dick DeGarren. There we go. We know Dick De- Do you know Dick DeGarren? Okay, so he's been on Dateline before. He's from Texas, and he wants you to know that. Mm-hmm. So he wears a giant white t- ten. What's the expression? a ten gallon hat? And he, he also speaks hat. in maxims. He speaks he in wears, like he gives a lot of like you know it's like Texas water is like drinking oil. Like he does a lot of that kind <laughs> of talk where it's a lot of like catchphrases. He's, he speaks in. He's wearing the hat. He's wearing a seersucker suit. Sure is. And he's saying things to Keith like, in Texas, we have a saying, ain't be a horse, can't be rode. Ain't been a horse. Wait, how is it? Ain't be, ain't been a horse, can't be rode. Ain't been a rider, can't be thrown. Yeah. 
That's about right. Also, I'm from Texas. Not sure if you knew I was from Texas, but in case you hadn't heard, I'm from Texas. Yeah. I'm a Texan. Now, he's the only person that Kelly Siegler from um, Cold Justice is kind of scared of. And they were on a dateline together because they're both like the top people in Texas law. And they've gone up against each other a few times for death row convictions. And she usually wins. She has like an unbeatable record. So in case you guys are wondering, he is the most notable for defending Tom DeLay. Um, David Koresh is probably the biggest one. Yeah. And then Robert Durst. Yeah. But David Koresh is kind of, that's a big one. Yeah. There's also a dateline where there's these two female young attorneys and they're going up against him and they were actually his students in law school. Mm. So they are going up against their old professor who's literally the most famous defense attorney in Texas. And they, I, spoiler alert, I think they win. It's pretty oh, awesome. that's great. Yeah. So Robert Durst is in court. Like I've said, he looks like a pedophile ghost that haunts the Slytherin common room. He's No, he he he, he doesn't he looks like an elf. He doesn't look like a he, goblin. He looks like a bad elf, an elf gone bad. Creature. No, that's cre- oh, creature. He looks like creature. He looks like yeah, a house I can elf. See that. He's the human personification of the perv on the walker that's always in a bathrobe on Family Guy who's always after Chris. And says things like, hey there, you want to come in for a popsicle? You're getting so big and strong. Know anybody with a pair of strong young hands to help me in and out of the tub? And it's really disturbing. I'm going with Creature. No, he is so (laughs) frail. Okay, I'm... Keith even points out, Keith goes, he's a little bit more frail. Which is the understatement of the year. He looks like I could break him in half like a damp toothpick. He is... Well, he's also... Okay, he's 85 years old at this point. I don't know how old he is. He's an elderly gentleman. Elderly gentleman. But he was... It's the past, like, five years, I think, that have aged him the most. Because there was, like, a shocking downturn. Um, I have a theory about that. (laughs) Also, there's a voice. He right. Keith calls it a ghostly voice. It's like a ghostly frog. It's like the ghost of a frog. Imagine a grown man speaking with this high-pitched... Raspy. Raspy. New- but raspy, high-pitched. Raspy, high-pitched, New York. <laughs> yeah. I went down to the market. Got a bag of Doritos. I have, like, all the hairs on my body are standing Sorry. Up. Yeah, it's, it's a very odd... It's it's a creature. So first, Kathy Durst, mm-hmm. the wife, she disappears in New York. They got married in the 70s. They were this perfect 70s looking couple. Yeah. She's very young and sweet and blonde and beautiful. And he's super rich and loves his doting wife. But then she eventually decides she wants to go to medical school. And that's when he they started having some problems mm-hmm. and they started fighting a lot. We meet these two groups of people that have been friends with him forever. Lewin brings up this couple. I, the husband and wife, he gave me like Gomez Adams slash oh, a little bit. Love Boat yeah. 
vibes. Yeah. And then there's this other friend, Nick, who has one crazy eyebrow. Mm-hmm. But he seemed okay. So they're testifying that Bob and Kathy would fight all the time. And Kathy was maybe scared of him. And there might have been some violence going on. At least that's what the friend Nick said. Because Bob is nine years older than Kathy, right? He was 30 and she had just turned 21 when they got right. married. So he's yeah. So he's a substantial amount older and richer. Wealthier. She is not Insane. from a... No, she was from a small, like, working lower class. middle yeah, class, yeah. Okay. working class family. Yeah. So then she disappears in 1982. Bob puts her on the train to go to New York City for school. They lived out in the country, and she just disappears. Bob says he but, puts her on the train to go to to go back to school. <laughs> correct. Yeah. The friends, Gomez, Adams, and the other lady, they b- always believed the story. They never questioned it. Mm-hmm. There's maybe this mysterious train where one of the stops opens up to like a wormhole, and it sends you back to 19... 19- 20 i don't know Mm -hmm. but wouldn't that be a good movie actually each stop is like a different decade or era and then one stop the doors open and there's dinosaurs and then like the next stop couldn't you see that i think that's a a thing i think that that's a thing and that's why you're saying it i'm pretty sure that exists Mm. i'm pretty sure that's what happens in quantum leap by the way on a train it's not on a train so no you're right it has not been done possibly with the time travel train with the there with the go. TTT, the train is the core idea of it. Oh, sorry. So the I don't T- think I'm inventing the time travel. The TTT on the BBC next fall, t- fall 2000, is TM'd. 2000 is TM'd by date with Dateline, but it's yeah. fall 2021. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, Can it start? Uh, wait, so, is the doctor involved on the time? Because it sounds also a little bit like a TARDIS. It, like, I hate to does. say it. Okay, it all right. It does a there little. Right. Yeah, no, it does a little. Okay. I'll admit that. Right. Now, after Kathy disappears, Bob leans on his best friend who lives in Los Angeles, Susan Berman. This other friend takes the stand and describes Susan in very nice terms, but then also throws in a little bit manipulative. But now this is a friend specifically of Susan's and not necessarily of Robert Durst. This is Correct. the friend of Susan, who's like a well-known producer-ish? Yeah, and very good friends with Susan and describes her as manipulative. So I thought that was interesting. That's really funny. Now, the friend thinks that Susan was in love with Bob. And that he reminded her of her father, who was a mobster in Vegas. Love that. Now, yes. Now, the dynamic that I'm getting from this is Bob loved his very sweet, very beautiful, um, non-challenging young wife. Mm -hmm. And Susan is like the funny friend. She's like the Carrie Fisher. She's sassy. And she sarcastic is. and challenging. And Susan he, has not met her Bruno Kirby yet. So we cannot. Right. right I got it. Okay. And but he, she's in love with Robert, but he doesn't think about her like that. Yeah. That's not what he wants. He wants someone who's not going to challenge him and he can be. Oh, I think we can clearly creepy. state that Robert wants a trophy zombie. Yeah. He wants a trophy zombie. That, like, we'll right. Just and do it wasn't says. until Kathy said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to medical school. That's when. She disappeared on the magical train. Mm -hmm. So Susan and Bob were never involved, but they were very close friends and he would give her money Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Like she seemed very obsessed with him and how rich he was. That's what the friend is saying. 
In return for the money and gifts, Susan was incredibly loyal to Bob, and she kept his secrets. And this is stemming from her past. Which, yes, she learned this from her dad as a gangster, and her mom would would not betray her dad's secrets. It's very snitches get stitches. You know this is used to be like my big daydream. For some reason, I was very fascinated. To be in The Godfather? For a while, with like, no, specifically Vegas. Specifically the building mm-hmm. of the Las Vegas, the landscape, that kind of intrigue with the mob, and then the her running around the halls of Las Vegas following her daddy who may or may not be involved in unbelievably shady business dealings to get right. the casinos built or, you know, work the money. I. Mm-hmm. I find that very You wanted to be her. I wanted girl. no, I wanted to marry into it. I thought that it would okay. be very interesting to be a Michelle Pfeiffer esque mobster wife for some reason. Okay. Yeah. I see. It's real dumb. One hundred percent see that. You do love Vegas. I do. These there's these audio tapes that Susan well Dateline unearthed them mm-hmm. or maybe Lewin unearthed them. Mm. Kind of unclear. Dateline's kind of takes credit for it. I'm not sure who unearthed them. Dateline's the first one airing them. Let's give it to Dateline. Yeah, Dateline should get yeah. it. And Susan is ranting on these audio recordings um, about how the press is all up Bob's butt for the disappearance of Kathy. And Bob has put her in charge of press which is a very important job. And Mm. she's talked to the Post and she's talked to the news and she says, God, I hate the New York Times. If I'm ever missing, break it in the Post. I love that. It's so New York. It's so New York. It's so Real Housewives. It's so upper... Yeah, it's just a whole different... I just don't know anyone that talks like that. Would you ever think about that? Like, if I went missing, oh, please, let this news outlet have it first. Right, just, exactly. I don't know. Because that other one is trash. Right. I want to be on page six or nothing. Yeah. It's very strange. So S- Susan contacted this lawyer, and he records the call. So we're hearing that call. She's saying the Durst are worth half a billion, but it's not kidnapping. She doesn't think Kathy was kidnapped. She thinks Kathy was dead. Maybe she was robbed because she's wearing diamond earrings, or maybe drugs because she did coke. But it definitely wasn't Bob. That's what she's saying on this call. Because Bob stayed in the country in New York when Kathy made it to school the next day or to the city and she called in sick to school that morning. Mm-hmm. So this phone call calling in sick is Bob's alibi. It's why he never got arrested because it means she got into the city safely. Now, can so, we just assume that the she's doing coke is just because everybody in the 70s was just doing coke? We're just going to, that's a blanket. It was the late 70s, early like, 80s. Coke was the marijuana. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was her vice or if it was just at a lot of parties and she would maybe partake. Yeah. Or maybe she didn't and Susan was really jealous of her because she was married to Bob. Correct. Okay. I don't know. And maybe that's something so, Bob just told her. It was like, oh, yeah, right. well, she's doing a lot of coke when actually he's the one doing a lot of coke. Okay. All there, right. Uh-huh. There we go. So Lewin calls in the former dean of medical school. He took the call that day. I know that seems weird that he would remember it, but she did go missing. So I'm sure they asked him about it at that time. He is also the dean of medicine. I think he's he's smarter than your average bear. What I didn't understand is when you're calling sick, you go straight to the dean? Yeah, like, maybe. Oh, wait, she's a student? Some... Or she's like an... She's a student. No, she's like a graduate student, though. So she's in like residency or something like that. I think it's a bigger deal. 
Yeah, but still, I, there's still. no secretary or something. True. It does seem. Or her advisor. Straight to the top, Kimberly. Straight to the top. Right. <laughs> Next time I'm going to call in sick, I'm going to call the president. Just call the mayor of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Mayor, my direct TV just went out. Can you do something about it, please? So the dean says he had never spoken to Kathy before, but he was sure it was a woman that called. Now, mm-hmm. I had always thought it was Bob doing a voice. Me too. That's kind of what I always assumed. I did okay. Too. So Lewin says it wasn't her that called. It was Susan, which was new information to me. Mm-hmm. Her friend testifies that Susan had told her that she made that call for Bob. So this friend, where have you been? Maybe she's, the 80s? Not, she's just not paying attention. Maybe I think maybe she's just not directly. And so she's just kind of like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do with this information, so I'll just sit on it for 30 years. I don't know. But her disappearance was literally the probably on the front page of every newspaper in the 80s. But when did she tell her that? I had the feeling that Susan and this other woman were friends later in life. Like, after, like in the 90s. Like, after all of this is long gone and done. No? Am I, I wrong? I don't know about that. Okay. You I'm- could, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Okay. We need a timeline for our time travel and train. Friends, yes. So, but regardless, Susan did this apparently for Bob. Right. So she's providing an alibi for a man whose wife has gone missing. Yeah. There are shades of Jim jeans with this relationship. Uh, I just wanted to shake her and go, he's never going to love you, Susan. Nothing you do will make him fall romantically in love with you. He's using you. Find a man who appreciates you. He might not be as rich, but maybe he'll speak in a voice above a creepy whisper that doesn't make the hairs on the back of your neck stand well, up. Well, no, you don't think that they are just actually best friends? I w- like a I don't weird know kind if of I would friend? do that for my best friend, though. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be I've best friends said, with Robert Durst. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's, there you go. That's the point. I think Susan could have benefited from some therapy. We have an offer that maybe could have helped her out. Definitely. If you need therapy because you're in love with an actual murdering goblin or troll or house elf gone evil, better help can help. Mm-hmm. They offer counseling with a licensed therapist in the privacy and space of your own home. You can confidentially text, chat, phone, or video with a counselor. It's available in all 50 states. So if you live in Texas and Dick DeGaron is going to arrest you for stealing his cowboy hat, ah. BetterHelp has counselors that are specialized in family issues, anxiety, anger. Maybe you're incredibly rich and your daddy never said he loves you. So you put your wife on a train that goes back in time. And if you don't like your counselor, Counselor, for any reason, you can switch to a new one at no additional charge. It's very affordable and completely confidential. A date with Dateline listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code Dateline. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com forward slash Dateline. You fill out a questionnaire and they assess your needs and they match you with a counselor that you'll love. Betterhelp.com forward slash Dateline. We can all use a little better help. Ain't That's that my the truth? Catchphrase. It's good. We can all use a little better help instead of help. I went. I snuck in the better. Can I say, ain't that the truth? Yeah, I like it. It's a punch. It's like a button. It's on a button. It. I'm buttoning it. Uh huh. Okay. I like it. Good. 
So we now jump to the year 2000. And the police have reopened the case into the disappearance So 30 years later, by the way. Heads up. Yeah. Like, no, but 20 years. That's a long time. Okay. 18 years. So it's just I'm just going to Sorry. I don't, I'm bad Five, with time. Actually, six months I would only, do very well but... on a time traveling train because I don't actually do well with time at, it's apparent. Yeah. Let's just say it's, it's apparent. Fu- it's clear. Yeah. So it's as clear as the skin on Robert Durst's hand. It's as clear as how long it took me to mail a box of Pop-Tarts to Tammy. Tammy, will you ever forgive me? She hasn't. She's, she told me. Oh, she shouldn't. It's unforgivable. <laughs> All right, press on. So the police have reopened the case into Kathy. Shortly after that, like a month after it went public that they were researching, that they were like reopening the case, Susan is found shot execution style in her house in L.A. Wow. Something that Dateline completely skips over, right? Yeah, kind of. They didn't, they don't really go, they don't, they just say she's the woman who knew too much. And then the next commercial, after the commercial break, they're on to the next thing. They have to. This is a huge, this is a decade spanning case. I was kind of shocked when I clicked on the episode and it wasn't two hours. I was like, oh, here we go. What are we doing? How are we going (laughs) to explain this? Because the jinx is laid out over six episodes and still in six episodes, you could do a second season maybe. Like, you, there's lots of information. Well, this is supposed to specifically be about the secret tapes. So they are, yeah, have- hoping you already know that she was shot execution style and it was weird. And then Bobby Durst gets progressively weirder. So much weirder, if it, it's possible. But it is. It just keeps amping up level and level. It's like, you cannot write this. So she shot 18 years after? 18 years after and only one month after it goes public that they're reopening the case into Kathy's disappearance. Got it. She's shot in her L.A. home. Mm -hmm. After she's murdered, Bob goes away secretly to Galveston, Texas. There we go. He rents a room dressed as a woman. Not only that, because there's nothing wrong with that. He's pretending to be a mute Dorothy. So we've seen what this man looks like. Dorothy. Picture him dressed as a woman, maybe gesturing with his hands a lot. Maybe also watch so the that- first episode of The Jinx and see how they sh- that Dorothy is described as a very unattractive, flat-chested woman. She's not a looker. Which I took offense to. I feel like that's cruel. <laughs> Stop this. But what's funny is I think his voice might have been able to go for a woman. And it might have been less weird if he had not pretended to be a mute as well. Well, we don't get to hear early Bobby Durst. I think his That's voice true. gets weird when he gets older. From That's true. I don't know what. Uh, cigarettes is all I can. I don't know why it sounds like that. Hard living. I guess. They say he. I don't know. There's. We'll get to there's oh, other. Oh, there re- is I don't even know what's going stuff. on with yeah, him. Yeah, he's just off the rails so he rents this room dressed as a mute woman dorothy and i'm just i was ticked because it is hard enough for trans people to rent apartments in this country and now they have to deal with the stigma of robert durst yeah and i don't think that's fair you're ruining it for all the non-murdering mute transgenders that are out there that is true and honestly but this landlord this landlord was awesome 
with Robert Durst. He was like, she was the best tenant ever because she was neither seen nor heard like a child. <laughs> and he he loved her. He was like, she's great. She always paid her rent on time. But things things go south pretty fast. Because there's a neighbor Correct. who's kind of a hermit, but not a hermit enough to notice that maybe this isn't a mute woman living next door to him. Maybe he looks a lot like Robert Durst, the guy that's incredibly famous for possibly murdering people. Mm. So Was he famous at this point? Oh, yeah. Because of the Kathy thing and the Susan thing, I think... It might probably wasn't as famous, but if you lived in New York, I'm sure you knew about it. So maybe, I don't know, this hermit seems to recognize him. Morris so, Black. Morris Black. Which is, that sounds like a fake name, which sounds like the name yes. you would use if you were renting an apartment. Are we sure right. that Morris Black was who he said he was? I guess is my question, because no. he's a hermit so, too. Morris Black is actually 12-year-old boy twins <laughs> that are deaf. And he's posing as a man named Morris Black who can hear, but who can't feel. Oh. He has no, he is fingertip. He can't, the sense of touch is gone oh, it's for too him. far. It's too far. So, I'm so sorry, anyone the out there. You took the train has, too far. I can't follow you on who that Who doesn't train. have a sense of touch. I apologize if I offended that is, anyone. That is who really, doesn't have the sense the of two, touch. I'm only assuming that the two twin boys are on each other's shoulders in like a large mm-hmm. trench coat. Okay, that's that's not 1, who Morris Black was. Morris Black was a real man who unfortunately lost his life. Tell us why. He is found in a bunch of trash bags. Oh my and God. curb me right, a bunch of them. Wow. Because he was cut up into pieces. And the bags are dumped in the bay. Bob is arrested. Yeah. Pays the huge bail, hundreds of thousands of dollars. $250,000. He's rich. He can do that. Yeah. But then he skips town. And he is on the take the lamb. <laughs> You're fine. If you don't know that reference of why Kimberly's cackling at me, it's because I was sure that something was one thing. And again, I was wrong, as I am most times. Thanks for the memories, Kimberly. <laughs> but you were not nice about it that time. That's no, what made it I so laughed. Glorious. I laughed and laughed and said, oh, you're so foolish. Oh, Kimberly. <laughs> and you know who turned out to be the fool? Me. I was the fool. I take I fool. fool. I take fool. Fool responsibility for that <laughs> you're welcome for that fun um but i feel really bad about lewis black no i don't like i don't like it more morris black sorry i feel lewis take black that back. is the comedian lewis black is not th- who i feel bad i feel bad for him too i don't know where his career went but let's he's doing well he's on the daily show is he he does sold out concerts i know someone who went lewis black is robin hood men in tights no i think you're thinking Richard Lewis. Yep. I am derailing this train. From Curb like, Your Enthusiasm. Fast, fast speeds. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, Lewis ready. Black, you can't miss him. He screams at you. He goes, why are we doing this? Mm. Sorry. All right. I also wrote down Lewis Black in my notes, so I went for it like hardcore. So I apparently did think they were the same person. I apologize. Why do you think <laughs> that I'm, they're the same person, Katie? Why are you such a fool? Sorry. So he skips town. He's on the take the lamb. He's caught on camera stealing a chicken sandwich. I went to Wikipedia. He actually stole 
a newspaper, a chicken salad sandwich with roasted red peppers on a pumpernickel baguette. Oh, so he sold a gourmet sandwich. He sold a private selection gourmet Ralph's mm-hmm. sandwich. And what else would be the grossest thing that you can picture him stealing? Cran apple juice. Band-Aids. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to think about Robert no. Durst's Band-Aids. No. No, let's leave that in hell where it belongs. So he stole this stuff even though he had $38,000 in his car and he had $500 in his pocket. I hate him. You can't make this that up. That makes me, it, like, the murder is bad, and this is this is worse. This is bad, <laughs> too. This is, like, just adding insult to injury. Yeah. He's a monster. So, at the trial for the killing of um, Morris Black, he admits to cutting him up into pieces and tossing him in the bay. But he says he didn't murder him. He says he was auditioning for the next season of Chopped, and the secret ingredient was Hermit Neighbor. Aww. No. He says it was self-defense. And who's somehow. his lawyer? His lawyer is still Dick DeGaron, right? Dick DeGaron. This is the first time he defends him. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says it's self-defense, and then after he killed him, he panicked and cut up the body. Now, I know what you're thinking. The Bob that I've described is not even strong enough to hold up a pencil. How could he swing a chopping instrument of some sort and chop up a body? He was slightly less frail in the early 2000s. He had been eating more chicken sandwiches, I guess, for Mm. protein. But still, he was old. I mean, he had the look to me at that time like a virile kind of older man, like present-day Christopher Plummer, where he could still pop you in the face – but afterwards, he'd have to sit down and have some soup. But you, so we think drugs. We think hopped um, up on like uppers, like so, cocaine, something. I mean, it does seem like something you would do when you were on bath salts or something. It seems like drugs yeah. to me is the way he got through that because I can't, I can't see him having the strength to do it on his own. Yeah, it seems insane. Yeah. So there's this couple that's friends with him the gomez adams and his wife mm-hmm. i'm not trying to make fun of him he has like a dashing mustache that and very tan i think their name are the bald ones okay it's something with so, a b okay they're supporting him through this whole thing yes she's giving him clothes for the trial yeah which dateline producer said was ll bean oh i don't really know what that means what what do you mean what does it mean like i've heard of it but I don't know what that says about this situation. I don't know what commentary I should make on that. It's very generic or mail order. You order it by mail. It's like a catalog. Now I'm assuming it's online. I think you, they may have stores. I don't know, but it's famous for the catalog. It's kind of like mm-hmm. J. Crew, like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it's very standard, like polos, gotcha. fleece pullovers, khaki pants, mm-hmm. and murder suits. No suits. So, no suits. It would be sweaters and a collared shirt. But he was wearing suits Th- in the trial. Then they're not L.L. Bean. Interesting. Did they say Jeffrey Bean? No, they said L.L. Bean. I don't know what Jeffrey Bean Jeffrey is. Bean makes suits. No, I'll go back and look, okay. but I don't think so. Okay. Also, interestingly enough, the husband is on Bob's payroll. Yeah. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. There you go. Yeah. That's why they're still supporting him through this. Friends with money. But shockingly enough, 
Durst is found not guilty wow. of the murder okay. of the man that he admits chopping up into pieces and throwing in the bay. So this is where we're thinking it's Dick DeGaron, the biggest- is a hell of a lawyer. Yeah, biggest lawyer in Texas. Everybody knows it. He's coming to he's coming to the table. He gets off in Texas. But so that's why this next trial is so important is because we're not in Texas anymore, y'all. We're in L.A. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. He he does get five years for tampering with evidence and jumping bail. So he gets five years for dismembering a body. Right. And throwing it in a bay of which. He got five years. I'm guessing he served less than that. Oh, I'm sure he served it in the way that what's his name? That just committed suicide. What's his name? Sorry. Oh, yeah. In all the news. Jeff, yes, Epstein. Uh, yeah, Epstein. In the same way that he served his prison sentence, where you go home for eight hours a day. And so you can work, right? He wasn't doing that. Oh, he was doing that before. He was doing that Not in his now. first prison sentence. Yes, gotcha. he was. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the sort of way that Robert Durst was serving his pr- prison sentence. Also... Five years for dismembering a body and doing something with a head so terrible that they've never found the head of poor Morris Black. Yes, we'll get well, that's I can talk about that now. The reason that Lewin, the prosecutor, thinks that we never found the head is that the bullet is in the back of the head. Mm hmm. Which would prove that it wasn't self-defense. Which is the same way that... Which is the same way that Susan was killed, execution style. Also, coward. I'm just going to say that. Like, whenever I hear that and then I hear that it was done twice, I'm like, you're just a... He's he's a cowardly murderer. because Morris Black can't hear or have this touch sense. That's not... So he wouldn't know if someone was coming behind him. That's not accurate. Oh, Sorry. (laughs) That Fake is news. a fallacy that you've made up in your head of a story that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he's two boys standing on top of each other. So now it's back to present day. We are at this trial in Los Angeles. Bob is a goblin again. I'm thinking he's not aging well because he's not well hydrated. We have an answer for that. Yes, we do. So I, no joke, probably get about an eighth of the amount of water I should. I think I get maybe a 32. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would call. 132nd. Agreed. But it's new me, new us, new hydration goals. That's why we're super pumped about our newest sponsor, Circle. Circle, yes. it's C-I-R-K-U-L. K is not for Katie and Kimberly, but I'm basically pretending that it is. It is. Let's Yeah. Yeah, let's get real. Circle is a water bottle and flavored cartridge system. So you take the water bottle and then you pop in this flavor cartridge in the top, and then the water gets flavored as it goes into your mouth. So not down in the bottom. It doesn't get all sticky and residuey. Someone yeah. call science and tell them their job is done. It's done. This was a brilliant invention. It yes. is the coolest thing, it, and it really works like a charm. Yes. And the bottle has a flavor dial that allows you to customize the amount of flavor you get. I love that. Sometimes I'm feeling down because Robert Dirtz is richer than I'll ever be, and I need a ton of flavor to make up for that. But oh, yeah. sometimes I'm happy that I'm aging better than Robert Durst, and I only need a hint of flavor. There you go. Circle has 30 all-natural flavors. I've been drinking the mixed berry, but I also got the mocha iced coffee flavor. I'm nice. really excited to try that. I'm really excited to try the fruit punch. What did oh, you yeah, get? Oh, yeah, me too. No, I've been drinking the orange, which is mm. really, really good. And mm-hmm. then I'm really excited because I got the vanilla one. 
the counterpart to your mocha. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to try that because I do love all things sweet. But but the or the t- it's tangerine orange. Sorry, it's been awesome. So good. Each cartridge gives you more than six water bottles full. So it's a really good deal. Mm-hmm. And also, in all honesty, I have hurt my back lugging bottles and bottles of water and soda from oh yeah that's a little embarrassing to admit but it's true but now i won't have to and circle flavors are sugar-free and zero calories no artificial colors or flavors really what's not to love nothing and if you're a fan of i mean i grew up in a household where my mom drank because the powder you mix with water but you're right it leaves a residue and it sort of Mm -hmm. has a tinny aftertaste this does not and i was worried it would it doesn't at all and there's no aftertaste. It just tastes great. And it's all natural stuff. It's not going to stain my teeth. Exactly. Right now, you can get your own circle bottle plus two flavor cartridges for just $5. That yes. is a good deal. By going to drinkcircle.com slash date dateline and using the code date dateline. That's drinkcircle, C-I-R-K-U-L dot com slash date dateline use the code date dateline to get your circle bottle and two drink cartridges for five dollars let's get hydrated y'all seriously check them out you won't regret it yay so we're at the trial lewin is trying to show the through line between all these mysteries it's not a trial it's not even though. murder is it a trial it's a it's the pre-trial I don't, I really wish well, I knew more about this. I think it's the trial. There's like a judge there. But then Keith has says, to be there clearly, the trial. we're not there yeah. yet. Right, yeah. So it's... Grand jury trial. Maybe it is the grand jury. I don't know. They didn't really say that, though. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they did and I missed it. They're doing pretrial motions to try to get in the information about That's Kathy true. and Morris Black. Yes, because 100%. Because they are going to fight that. If Dick DeGaron's going to fight anything, it's that you can't bring in any of this past stuff. But right, it doesn't make. Course. But he's arguing that it doesn't make sense not to. There's no... Right. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Right. So... He thinks the hermit neighbor found out who Bob was, mm-hmm. which is just shocking because I'm sure the mute transgender woman named Dorothy was a spot on costume. But he had to be killed. I don't think it found he found out who he was. I think that Robert Durst got lonely and I think that he is on drugs during this time period and he starts jibber jabbering to the neighbor. I think he starts befriending, because isn't that in the jinx where he started befriending and talking to Morris Black? They became friendly. Like he would come over I don't know, and but stuff. He, he does that certainly with the director of the jinx. Right. So I think he did that with Morris Black. I think he doesn't like being lonely. He does love to talk. So I think he started talking and then gets scared and said, oh, I said too much. I need to do something about this and kills hmm. him. That's what I think. That's That could be. He doesn't want the, okay, so the head, uh, the bullet hole in the back of the head, and we never find the head. Mm-hmm. Dur- I don't know how, where he, we don't know. So Durst, at one point after this murder, the police figure out that he drove to from Galveston to New Orleans and dropped a blanket off at a New Orleans dry cleaner. It's, this is bananas. What? is happening what? this is so, drugs right that's why i the, keep going back to yeah. that because i'm like you are coked up the detectives call the dry cleaners and the dry cleaners say oh tell the person who dropped it off we're so sorry that we couldn't get that big red stain out come on so it's like from a dumb movie where you like the carpet has this mysterious stain so lewin thinks that the blanket is what held the head 
And then he fed the head maybe to a gator. Come on. It can't get crazier. But then why wouldn't you get rid of, like, burn the blanket? Yeah. Why why would you drive it three states away and drop it off at a dry cleaner? I need there, put it in a dumpster if you're going three states behind away. Behind Del Taco. Dry, yeah. Find go, find a place. Oh, three states away, dumpster, Del Taco, they're not gonna find it. Don't give it to a place with where you have to put a phone number and a name and try to get it cleaned. Is it Hermes? It makes no what sense. is the blanket? That's my question. Like, is it a blanket that's just worth thousands of dollars or somehow sentimental that's like, well, I gotta get this cleaned? He's a weird <laughs> little dude. That's Where, a weird so, thing to do. Now, Dick DeGarren, of course, says, well, there's no evidence that that was blood. So maybe I'm thinking, here's my theory. Yeah, go. It was, it was ketchup. And because he was auditioning for Chopped, it's considered very taboo to use ketchup. So he had to drive to New Orleans and dispose of the evidence. That's the only thing I can think of. It's not that great. There's really nothing that it could be besides Nor blood. do I think that Chopped is in good taste. of course it's not it's terrible it's it's such poor taste this poor man that's what we do here he lost all his limbs there's a movie that comes out in 2010 Mm -hmm. Kirsten Dunst and Ryan Gosling and it's called All Good Things and it's about Robert Durst and the disappearance of Kathy but it's with people with different names did you see it? it's Yes, I did. Yeah, and? I love Kirsten Dunst. She can do no wrong to me. Yeah. I don't really remember how it ends, though. I kind of maybe only feel like I watched half of it. So Robert Durst, this is again where it gets super weird. Over the years, he would never talk to any reporters. But he saw this movie that is kind of based loosely on him and his missing wife. And he liked it so much that he contacts the director. And wants to be friends with him. So he's a he's a sociopath because he likes things being about him. He likes yeah, being kind of famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so he, the director interviews him for years. They talk for hours and hours and hours. And that becomes the HBO series, The Jinx. Mm-hmm. The director on The Jinx, he shows Bob two letters on camera. One of the letters is a letter that Robert sent to Susan and another is a letter that the police in Beverly Hills received anonymously saying there's it says cadaver and it says the address where Susan's body is. So it's alerting them that there's a body in the house. And instead of saying maybe dead body, it says cadaver. Also, this is where it becomes important Can't get creepier. that we don't have any information about Susan Berman's actual murder, which is what the trial is all about in Dateline. Yeah. Now, the letter um, and the first letter that he had written to Susan both spell Beverly Hills wrong with an E before the Y at the end. And they look really similar. They're in block print and they look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Now... He shows the letter to Bob, and Bob agrees that they look very similar. And then he excuses himself to go to the bathroom. And this is like the biggest, this is ep- the final episode of the Jinx. The final this episode. This is like the coup de grace. Sorry, we are ruining it right now. If you haven't watched the Jinx, this is the most important part of then the whole Dateline series. Then Dateline already watched it, for, ruined it for you. Yeah, but yes. they did, yeah. 
But they didn't totally get it because isn't he burping a lot? Yes. He's doing this weird like like he's like he can't control his bodily functions because he's nervous in this final interview because they are calling him on this like the Beverly spelling. And it's also very clearly obvious when you're looking at the two letters that it's the same handwriting. It's really obvious. Very similar. Yeah. So he's burping compulsively Mm -hmm. and he goes to the bathroom and he doesn't know his mic is on. Right. And he says to himself, what the hell did I do? Mm-hmm. Killed them all, of course. Now, that's where it ended, and that's everyone was shocked. Apparently, after that, it comes out that that's not exactly what he said. The documentary had edited it completely out of order. So he first says, killed them all, of course, but you kind of don't know what he's talking about. And then, like, after mumbling about other stuff for, like, a minute later, he says, what the hell did I do? Okay, now I might be remembering this wrong, but in I paused it when they show the actual transcript when Keith is mm-hmm. talking about it, and I remembered all those other sentences. So they may end by editing those two together, but they do play the entirety of what he says in that final moment. They do play the whole bathroom scene. Okay. So that they end on that for impact, but they do play the entirety. But they reverse the order, which is pretty key because what the hell did I do is the question. Killed them all, of course, is the answer to that question. Hmm. What did I do? Killed them. So out of order, it doesn't make as much sense. No. It's still fairly damning, but you can easily say it's talking about something else. Yes. If it's not in that order. Correct. And... So the way they edited it was pretty false. And so Robert Durst is suing them. I'm going to play it right now, the jinx. What is actually happening in that bathroom, what they show. They play the actual whole bathroom. But they, when do they? I'm watching it. Oh, I want this. What a disaster. Burping. (laughs) He burped. He was right. I was wrong. And the burping. These are his words. He like burps again, but like weirdly. I'm having difficulty with the question. He's saying that to himself. Mm-hmm. These he's are like all to himself. Yeah. I think he's practicing what he's going to say. What the hell did I do? Burping again. Killed them all. Of course. You're right. So they do play it in the entirety, but they transpose what what the hell did I do to right before kill them all, of course. So they yes. do play it, like, but they play it in this disjointed order. They don't just play yeah. those two lines, which is kind of what Keith is leading us to believe. They do play that entire transcript, but they transpose that what did I do? You're right. That makes such a big difference. Of course he's suing them. It makes a huge them. difference. That's why he's suing them, and that's why... Keith, it's worse, worse than being sued for millions of dollars, is having Keith yeah. unhappy, sitting at an editing bay. Yes. He is talking directly to the camera, so you know how serious he is. It's he's still leaning business. with his elbow on, his, on the counter yeah. because he's still Keith, and you can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. But he says, well, it was entertaining. That's not good journalism. Mm-hmm. I... 
I'm trying to imagine the director of the Jinx watching this and having the legendary newsman Canadian stepfather to Matthew Perry, because apparently a lot of people don't seem to know that. Um, how, where have you guys been? Um, looking directly in the camera yeah. and saying, you are a bad journalist. Scolding. Scolding. But he's not you a know, journalist, right? He's a director. But true, but he made a documentary, so it's kind of supposed yeah. to, you're supposed to have it be real, especially if a man's life is at stake and a murder thing, you know? Like, so is he suing because of the fact that those were transposed, or is he suing based on the fact that he didn't know he was being recorded in the bathroom? He's, su- I think, suing for both, um, mm-hmm. even though the director says that he never said to Robert, these interviews we're going to do will clear you. Just tell your side of the story. He never pitched it like a. it's going to be a cotton candy. What's the expression? You know, it's going to be like sure. rose-colored, yeah, glasses rose-colored glasses. Yeah, glasses interviews. Mm-hmm. Make it, you know, all nice and smooth. You know, it's not going to be good for your image necessarily. We want the truth. Right. He didn't pitch it to him right. like that. So, yeah, it's rough. Hmm. But what's, you know, I God, it must be. I, if Keith ever shamed me on national television... What's you know when guys say their balls to the wall went up inside of them? Yeah, that's what I feel like. That's what happened here at this moment. Like I felt it. No, I feel like that's like you need fifteen shots of something. Mm. Yeah, mm. he just went straight for a bottle of Jack Daniels. I was like, excuse me. I'd be like, hit me over the head with a frying pan. Yeah, I want to get amnesia like on Three's Company, and I will forget who I am. Yeah, because that's how bad this hurts. What's that movie when you erase memories with uh, yes. Kate Winslet? Yeah. Yes. You need eternal, eternal sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So, or you take a forget me now. No. Yeah. It's it's that serious. It's in bed yeah. for three days, calling your mom. Yeah. Mom, talk me out. You're too ashamed to talk to your mom. You are. You're she, almost no. Because she I loves feel bad Keith. Because every mom loves Keith. Right. So she's like disappointed. She's like, in what you have too? you done to me, Daniel? What's his name? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know. You shame this family. Jeremy, I think. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm sorry. From from Kimberly and I, we're sorry. This is... So sorry. This is stinky. I I honestly don't even remember if it's Jeremy. I think I might be totally wrong. Andrew, it's Andrew. Andrew. Sorry. I'm positive it's Andrew. Sorry, Andrew. We we are sorry. last name has a J. I feel like we should send him, like, an edible arrangement. I feel real bad. We really enjoyed the jinx, but you gotta be really careful with that sort of stuff. But hopefully he was going to be in prison. He's in prison right now, so this lawsuit might be tricky. Yeah, definitely. Also, what's he going to do with this money? He doesn't need the money. He's just suing on principle? Whatever. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, no, if you're suing on principle, then... Yeah, I guess people sue on principle for lots of money, too. I don't know. Taylor Swift sued a guy for a dollar, just to make a point about it. Yeah, that's true. So, So, Bob goes on the run again. Because that's what he do best. He <laughs> calls. I don't know how he runs. I don't he think he runs like that he great. I don't think he does that cardio health. He's not running. He's shuffling. He, he is. Shuffles he shuffle away. off to Buffalo, New York. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So he calls Morticia and Gomez and tells them where she's She's staying. not Morticia. She looks like a nice lady that would be on the Food Network. Totally. Yeah. So he t- calls and tells them where he's staying. Yeah. Under an assumed name, it's in New Orleans again because he loves New Orleans for its great hotels and its dry cleaners, I guess. World-renowned 
dry cleaners. They didn't even get the stain out, Bob. I don't know what he's I mean, doing in New Orleans. It's very they odd. They did try their best. They really tried to get that stain out. Police track his cell phone and they find him. He has fake IDs, 40 oh grand, passports, a gun, and a UPS tracking number for a package with more cash and some shoes. Who's sending him the package? Dick Tagaran? I it's I honestly it's a that's a good question. Or maybe it's Gomez. This is the part that I remembered how weird he is in his voicemails because they play them on the jinx and it's always This is Bobby Durst. I'm staying at <laughs> the JW Marriott. Okay, no one calls it the JW Marriott. They call it the Marriott, you weirdo. And then he says Okay. But they show the sign, and it does say J.W. Marriott. It does, but no one says that. You just say the Marriott, <laughs> and then unless there's another Marriott. So, yeah, maybe there's a J.W. Marriott and a Marriott. Marriott. But still, no, that's like my dad in Las Vegas. Sam Boyd owns a lot of hotels. It's the Sam Boyd's Frontier, the Sam Boyd's California. Oh, and my dad okay. would always be like, we're going down to Sam Boyd's. I can't. Oh. It's not Sam Boyd's. It's the... It's the Fremont. You're killing me. That's not what it's called. But this is what that reminds me of, that JW Marriott. Sorry, that's a total side note. But then he also ends every phone call with, bye-bye. And I can't do bye-bye. And I remembered that from the jinx, that that was the part that creeped me out the most, that he would call the director and be like, okay, I'm ready to talk now. Bye-bye. He sounds like a toddler mm, robot, a ghost toddler robot bye bye isn't okay with me that's like night night Mm-mm. yeah what are you doing it's creepy mm. well now i did read a couple things that a lot of people think he might have asperger's and listening to those oh. voice messages it totally you it it makes sense it tracks interesting Doesn't it? okay now that's something i didn't think of but maybe i did think of that before and forgot it's something I just read about. I'll let you know when I, I finish like, the jinx. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Now, not at all saying people with Asperger's murder people. No. But, but no, but it would make sense for some of them. He seems to have mannerisms that are His mannerisms are odd. Off. Um, odd. They, I, for some, this is sad, but I honestly was just like, oh, he's just rich. Like, that's kind <laughs> of like, I don't know. It's not, it's, I know that we're not in the days of like the royals being the incestuous right. families anymore. Right. But in my head, I'm just like, oh, he just has too much money that he never had to learn to read. Yeah. Or he's just, he's weirdly educated. His education was odd. And so it's strange to me, but I am going to start saying bye bye. Bye bye. In messages to you. I feel like uh, it's more effective. It's really creepy. Yeah. It's so it's not creepy. Okay. I don't understand why he's getting more cash and shoes in a package. Why is he getting shoes? What? what kind of shoes, no. too? I want to know the brand. I was. Did Dateline producer tell you? No. But Ugh. I did get a package myself in the mail this week. I did, too. It wasn't cash. It wasn't shoes. It wasn't the head of a hermit neighbor. But it was better than that, wasn't it? It was orate jewelry. And I felt for the first time in my life. Like a fancy New Yorker old money lady. <laughs> I was very excited. Bye-bye. No, hello, hello. Come hello. in. <laughs> hi, hi. I'm excited. <laughs> so, Ori, Jory, what did you think of your package? Because I was thrilled beyond belief. Um, the packaging is beautiful. Stunning. I am so into packaging now. And it was gorgeous. And then I opened it up and my necklace, I can't even. I got the little fan necklace mm-hmm. in rose gold. And I just, it's the fanciest thing I've ever owned. 
but I feel like I could wear it every day. It's sort of got that feeling to it. So Orate is a fine jewelry company that's based in New York City that's founded by women for women. And the pieces range from classic to more statementy type pieces, and they're completely original. They make the jewelry that you've always wanted, but honestly could never find. It's insanely good quality. But the cool thing is... They sell it to you without this middleman markup. Normally, if you're going to go to someplace on Fifth Avenue and shop, Orate brings you that kind of jewelry at a fraction of the cost. Basically, mm. they hacked the jewelry market and make real gold accessible to real women, which is really neat. Orate is ethically made in New York City, and they empower women with the best jewelry options without sacrificing style. And for every piece sold, a child in need receives a book to further their education, which is I amazing. I love that. I know. It's a jewelry company with a heart, which is so rare. It's mm-hmm. really great. The company itself was started by two friends during brunch when one got a green finger from an overpriced ring that then turns out to turn your skin green. And they sparked a conversation about how they were fed up with the traditional jewelry market. And they wanted to shake things up by offering modern women beautiful designs with amazing quality at reasonable prices. And they wanted them to be ethically sourced. Yeah, it's super cool. What did you order? I ordered the X earrings. Oh, those were so cool. In just the 14 karat gold. They're beautiful. They're exactly what I wear all the time. They're simple, but they're really stunning. And Mm -hmm. I can wear them in the shower, which is amazing because they're real gold. And I wear a lot of stuff that turns my fingers and my ears green. I'm constantly like cleaning. Rashy more times than I care to mention. It's not great. So Orate for me is a great company. And also I'm really looking forward to shopping with them more because they make great gifts. Absolutely. Oh, beautiful gifts. The person is going to get good quality in the most gorgeous packaging. Beautiful. It's, seriously, I felt like I was being proposed to when the mailman came. You honestly feel like you are getting a piece of jewelry that's worth 10 times the amount that you're paying. Yeah. So everyone needs to really check them out. And right now, for our listeners, you can get 15% off your first Orate order. Just go to oratenewyork.com forward slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Again, that's 15% off your first Orate purchase. That's A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com, and use promo code DATEDATELINE at checkout. Yay! Check them out and be fancy like us. Fancy girls! Bye-bye. That's what fancy people say. Apparently. Oh, Lord. Continue. So they arrest Robert Durst and... Mm -hmm. Unlike our criminal from last week, he looks great in orange. It really accentuated his goblin physique. His skeletal physique? Is that what you're trying to say? It brings out the color in his pasty white, barely hanging onto his frail bones skin. He is some reason grinning at the camera. Oh, it's so spooky. From the back of the cop car, like he is living his best life I do not know what happened. Or he's not living on planet Earth. Like he's out to lunch somewhere with his sandwich. He's actually smiling a lot like that Heaven's Gate guy. It's that smile. It's like the cop in the front seat offered him a chicken salad Sammy. And he is for free. I love chicken salad. (laughs) No. Oh, bleh. So now Lewin finally gets to sit down with Robert Dirtz in the interrogation. And 
the first explanation he gives for his kind of confession during the jinx is that he was on meth. And my world collapsed and all the stars died. And what? Bobby? What's up, Bobby? I... Not to be like a drug snob, but is that something billionaires do? Oh, sure. I can name a few examples. I won't, because it's very D-class A. But of I might mil- mouth them to you. Millionaires? Yeah. To meth? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. that's different. Because she's a celebrity? No, because she's kind of trashy. Anyways. Yeah, the other example... Been- Trashy. I can think of it's also trashy. So. So not. Of course. Okay. But yeah. That's different. They, I'm talking about like upper middle, upper, upper, upper class millionaires in New York. Is that a new upper echelon elitist drug? No. Right. Well, no, I think that you are associating that that meth would be because meth is cheap to buy. Right. Right. I think you can get addicted to anything. Yeah, I just but, think mostly in their circles, aren't they doing like coke or heroin? Yeah, pills. I also didn't I think know. about eighty-year-old men doing meth, but whatever. That's it's. I, I'm not trying to be ageist here. No, ding, ding, ding. Though that's what I thought when he said the interview. I was like, sir. You Next, he's going to be not- like, I, I'm doing Molly. Mm-hmm. I'm 85 and I do Molly. So the Jinx documentary came out in 2015, which was four years ago, which means that he's doing meth in his 70s. Yeah, late 70s. Yeah. No, no, ma'am. That seems odd. It seems unbelievable. And when the prosecutor gives his reaction, it's the same reaction that I had, which is like, get over it. Who's selling you that? Right. Again... I just so many questions. Where are you going? You're not going down the street and being like, what? This is for my nephew? What are you saying? No, this is for me. Can I cut you a personal cashier's check? Because that's all I have. Because I'm a millionaire. I want to see his dental records. I want proof of this. I need yeah. full proof. I don't mm-hmm. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. So Lewin is like, we're here for Susan. Let's talk about Susan's death. And... and- then Bob uses the oddest phrasing. Yes. He says, did you notice this? Yes. He says, I'm going to stay away from killing Susan. Yeah. Wouldn't you say I didn't kill Susan or I don't want to talk about Susan's murder? Not, I'm going to stay away from killing Susan. The I, mm-hmm. me killing, me mm-hmm. is missing from that sentence. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's implied that it's in there. This is when you need to watch the jinx again and remember how weirdly he speaks. Yeah. Not just his tone of voice, but like his choice of words. Right. Like, bye-bye. It's bizarre. It's like he's living in a weird movie. It's like he's living in a movie set in the 1920s, Mm -hmm. written by a 14-year-old. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's like how you, I don't, the language is off. Yes, it is. It's from a different era. Yeah, it's really well, weird. Well, he is from a different generation than we are. But... It's not that. But my mom doesn't talk like that. Right, exactly. Your mom doesn't talk like that. Well, my mom talks like she's from a different planet. But she's your, from Germany. Your mom is delightful. She is from... She's from 
Joni speak. Joni's yeah, Joni speak is a whole different thing. Oh yeah. But then Lewin comes in here. Lewin is what he's on Dateline all the time, mm-hmm. and every time you see him, you know he might be a little cocky. Maybe he feels like he has to be in his position. Every time I see him on the come on the TV, I go, oh boy, he's coming in hot. He is. He is. He's a come in hotter. Wait, but what did Keith explain this very well at the at the jump? He said, we have a relationship with him. We're not going to interview him with him for this, but we've interviewed with him before. And his daughter said something about him. And I felt like that summed him up perfectly. What was it? It was, if your daughter would describe you. Oh, he always needs to be right. He's always right. I'm always right. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he is in this moment facing one of the world's most known criminals and there's a camera on him so i think he's wants to play it up a little but kind of the jokes on him because the camera is angled way far away mm-hmm. and is really blurry so i think it, he was maybe hoping for like a dramatic close up we're not getting two that. shot and you're barely he's a blur we're getting a security camera in the corner of the room yeah. is what we're getting on this but he asked bob well what did you think of the da's in galveston did you did you think they did a good job well what's your impression of me and bob says you seem competent and lewin laughs like like, oh, well, confident is not exactly confident is not the. We're dis- not what the what, boys what the boys call me. Competent is not the word used to describe me around town. Like that's okay. All right, it take was, it, take it easy, take it down. It a was notch. a little like my thirty five hundred dollars suit. My it is worst that can happen is I can spill spill some on my three thousand dollars suit. Come on. Oh, hey. yeah, yeah, the guy in the, the $4,000 suit is holding the elevator, but the guy doesn't make that in three months. Come on! So, Lewin calls, uh, <laughs> Lewin calls, uh, Mrs. Gomez, I can't remember her name, and oh, Keith Baldwin. sits down it's with her. Baldwin's. Sure. She has now changed her mind. Finally. It's taken, like, 30 years. 40 has years. It's taken like she has a particular years. But has she changed her mind? Because she doesn't come out and say, now no. I think for sure he's no. a guilty man. No, and actually, I will get... Yes, you're so right. At the okay. end, it. I wanted to grab her. Okay. She says, she if if they asked her now, she would tell the truth. What, is that the problem? Like, no one's been asking you? I'm sure that you were asked questions by detectives all these years. Are we sure? I have to believe that they enter in both three murder cases. Someone asked her. But if the detective reaches out and you never call them back, do you go to jail? <laughs> no, because sometimes they just leave a note on your door, remember? Oh, that's right. Call us. Here's my yeah. card. I'm not if calling. I don't hear from you. I'm just going to forget. You yeah. would call. Would you I call? I would call. Yes. I, w- I would try to do the right thing. And stop someone else from possibly being murdered. But if you didn't know it was about that, if it was just a detective's card in your door, it'd be saying, call us at your earliest convenience. Then I would call out of curiosity. Is one of my neighbors eating people and hiding them in his apartment? We're very different people. Because I would instantly rack my brain to be like, what have I done? Did I do, did I break the law and not know it? Did I run something over? Yeah, but you are in a constant state of... I've done something wrong. 
True. You didn't do anything wrong. It's Oliver obviously was caught planning to murder you on that his was work also computer. My next thought is, would I then go to Oliver and be like, what did you do? Should I call him? Did you do mm-hmm. something? Uh, or should I get my story straight and get our passports from Mexico right now? Yeah, or do right we now? need to talk? Yeah. Do we need to call Kimberly over and like have and a And drive plan? all night. Yeah. We're going to drive all night. <laughs> That's it. So she takes the stand and she doesn't like Lewin. She's defensive and she says that he's bullying her. She Whoa. gets very upset. He's a prosecutor. He friend. is. Finally, she breaks down and admits the truth. She says that when Susan was murdered, Bob had told her he was in Los Angeles. And the police had never been able to place him in L.A. during that time. Until she said that. Until she said that. But she didn't seem to know on the stand that it was that big of a deal. I think she thought that they knew he was in L.A. I don't think she had any idea. Well, they thought it, but they had no corroboration. But I don't think that she knew she was the corroboration. I really don't. Because when she's saying it on the stand, it's not hard for her. She's kind of looking at him and answering the question like, Nadoi. And then he's big revelation. She's like, what? yeah, okay. You, she's had 20 years to think about this, but it still has not come to her. Yeah, uh, guess so not. then his friend with the one eyebrow that's kind of crazy, yeah, he takes Nick. the stand. He says, Bob told him about Susan. So there you go. There you go. He said, I had to. It was her or me. I had no choice. And that sounds like a Bobby Durst thing to say it was yes. her me her me i can't do the voice anymore it's higher it. it's a lot higher yeah but how long did nick know again nick didn't say anything rich friends man i don't know god that's i I don't, I don't know but not even rich friends because jim jeans did the same thing well but look at what's going on look at what's his name epstein yeah people don't say anything yeah it's true it's a it's an island that's literally called what's it called Little Love Island? What's it called? His island. There was like a nickname for it. I don't know, but all I can think about is on Arrested Development when he comes up with the single <laughs> island and he's like, because you're living in F-City. 52% of the country is single. That's a market that's been dominated by apartment rentals. Let's take some of that market. I call it Single City. His ideas fail to evolve. It's like, hey, you want to go down to the whirlpool? Yeah, I don't have a husband. I call it Swing City. Let's get into some new areas, if you don't mind. But Job continued to fine-tune his first one. How do we filter out the teases? We don't let them in. This goes for the guys, too, because sometimes the guys are tapped out. But check your lease, man, because you're living in city. You're fired. (laughs) So the biggest win for Lewin is the judge letting him include stuff about Kathy and the dismembered neighbor into mm-hmm. the trial because they're intertwined with Susan's murder. But Dick DeGaron, like you were saying before, fought it really hard because he thought, he, you can't talk about that. That's not what this trial's about. It's too damaging. So he says... Here we go. This is my favorite. This is my quote of Dick the episode. Yeah. waxes poetic to Keith. Yes, he does. You win some, you lose some. Some days chicken salad... Some days, chicken feathers. And I think he came up with that off the cuff. <laughs> is that, that was my question. That is not Is a that thing. a real expression? No, that is, that is what I'm talking about. That's Texas truth. 
He's a Texas truth teller. And so he's just coming up all the time. I guarantee okay. you, he goes to the store. Somebody says something and he's like, eh, a nickel's like a such and such. Yes. You can't old... roll it between your fingers. <laughs> and people but just it's nod. Still sti- but it yes. still sticks to your elbow. Like it's <laughs> so stupid. Go. You're so wise, Dick. You know that he's so doing, but it's somehow because he's saying it like that, it comes mm-hmm. across like he's Matthew McConaughey, except he's ninety. No, but- he's when they go to Montana on Peggy's ranch on King of the Hill, and the grandpa says like, "Sometimes the wind whispers things, and other times it calls on the phone." <laughs> and then like Bobby's like, "Dad, what is Grandpa talking about?" And then he's like. He's telling the truth, son. He is the wisest man you will ever know. That's totally true. So, but here's the thing. If he is just speaking off the cuff and that's not an expression, why would he pick the one food that Bob was convicted of stealing that got him arrested for murder? Okay, Chicken salad. I I thought about that. I was thinking that it's Dick DeGaran's getting up there. Uh-huh. So they're not coming as fresh and flowing as they normally would, hence the uh-huh. nickel sticking with the elbow. Like, right. it's not as yeah. right anymore. It's and the people at the right. grocery store are like, I heard a better one last week from you, Dick. You said that one two years you, ago. You said that one in March. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think that it's on his mind because he's working the case. Right. So some days it's chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Some days chicken Feathers. And feathers. I don't think he wanted to say feathers because there's a no. pause before feathers. <laughs> and I think that he was going to say something else. And I want to know what that something else is. Was he thinking chicken butt? Because <laughs> you know that, isn't that the joke? What? Chicken butt. Yeah. You know that? Like, it's yes, stupid. I do. But I'm wondering yes. if, like, he's, like, reverting to, like, way too... He, he has, like, an ongoing list, like, a chart in his mind, and there's a column A that's nouns, right. yes. and then a column B that's a verb, and then an yeah. adjective, and then another noun. Exactly. And then he, he just randomly picks from each one, and it matches up. Such he, as, like, uh, like, uh-huh. and then he's filling in the mm-hmm. similes. Uh-huh. Sometimes a monkey <laughs> knows what happens to a Mormon, and other times... A grocery cart is all that you need. <laughs> right. But if you say it like that, you're everyone's supposed to nod. So I think wise. that we should start doing those more in the episode. Mm-hmm. So at one point in the trial, Bob does this rousing fist pump. It's weird. It, his neck can barely support his head. And it looks like this fist bump he's doing in the air is going to make his whole body just snap in half. (laughs) He's got a baby neck. (laughs) But he does it, like, so proudly. What? What? I missed this completely. I need a timestamp. He literally goes like this to somebody across the courtroom. Who's in there that even cares about him at this point? Don't know. Is it Donnie Trump Jr.? I need to know who it is. <laughs> yeah, is, Junior? is Junior Uncle in Bob? the room? Do they call him like Uncle Bob? Are they friends like that? I don't like know. he's the family friend that's the uncle? No, he does a full on happy face fist bump victory to somebody in the courtroom that we don't see. It's really weird. Is it and his you wife? Hear, you hear the osteoporosis just oh, taking God. over his body. <laughs> is it his wife? What wife? You need Did to watch the Did he get remarried? 
Oh, he did get, did he get remarried? A younger to an, lady? To an angry woman from the Bronx, apparently. Oh, yes. very angry. Yes. I do remember co- her. I don't know if they got divorced or they're still, she's not going to divorce him. She wants all the inheritance. Mm. She's not divorcing him at all. But Intr- Well, now, well, let's, okay, so let's get to it. Yeah. So the friend tells Keith, oh, this is when it kills me. Mrs. Gomez Baldwin this is where she reveals her true if she has changed her mind or not. Mm-hmm. She's had 40 years. She says, I want to find a reason to show me that Bob didn't do it. But I haven't found that reason yet. She's so That's- in denial. but out- She's out of denial, technically, but still completely in denial. She says, this is like a nightmare and I don't think I'm going to wake up. I may have to someday face the reality that this is the truth. Someday. I may someday have to realize that this is the truth. How many days does she have left? <laughs> Not enough for this metamorphosis to happen. I mean, she looks well taken care of. She's much younger than Bob and more well-preserved. But where is Gomez? Yeah, she has been interviewed without him. So are they, they divorced or briefly, has he passed? I don't... They, Normally, they if don't, someone passes, they'll say they t- it. Yeah, you're right. They don't say it. It's very weird. So basically, the episode ends with all of this was just the pre-trial, and the real trial hasn't even started yet. Or is there a disagreement? Does he still oh, like standing behind Bob? It's possible. How dare you? It's possible. Catherine, whatever her name is. Morticia. That doesn't, that doesn't ring true. Helen? No. Helen. Hel- it could be a Helen. How dare you, Helen? But so literally Dateline saying to us, this was all for naught. This was just the pre-trial or whatever. We still have to get to the real trial. It's not going to be a while. Take a seat. We'll see you back here in a, in a year. <laughs> Are we gonna, we're going to do this again in a year. I'm we? assuming gonna... they have to bring us the actual trial if they did this whole pre-trial episode that was all about these tapes. But really, it was about this trial and Lewin. I don't even know. It was if if I'm perfectly honest, like I love Dateline, you know more than life. This was kind of a filler episode. Wait, but which like, tapes? What were the what were the tapes? Which the tapes? tapes? <laughs> I know exactly. The tapes would be the two tapes. That mm-hmm. would never have been heard from Susan. And they're each about 20 seconds long. Oh, they were 20 seconds. That The first one is when she's talking to the friend about the post. And if something ever happens to me, I break it in be. the... Don't let the, the times get it or whatever. And then the second one was when she called that lawyer and she's saying, well, they're worth this much money. It wasn't kidnapping. I think she was robbed or something and she's dead. I really think she's dead. Those were the tapes. But then we also got to see these friends, the couple and the eyebrow guy, and we've not seen them before. And that was pretty jaw-dropping, especially the one friend saying Bob basically admitted to him that he did it. Like, that's insane. So Keith Keith must have covered this back in 2015, because half of the interview footage we get with Gomez and his wife, Helen, is from 2015 so there's another episode out. there's another episode that i think is called robert durst the lost years because that sometimes came up when i was googling this one so i don't think i've actually i don't know if i've seen it or not 
I don't think I have. So there's the lost years, the secret tapes, and then maybe fi- like next year in 2020, we'll get the, like, conviction. the actual trial, the conviction. Yeah. This one's real, you guys. We're not kidding. This is it. Robert Durst, conclusion. Five, hopefully. That's it. But then at the end, it's going to be like, he's appealing and he's out on bail and he's living in your neighborhood. <laughs> Look out for a mute woman. Good luck, Indianapolis. He's it's, chosen that as his next getaway. He's, it's never going to end with him. Oh like, gosh. he's going to flee he's every time. He's never going to die. He's going to flee every time. He's going to escape from, he's like has 18,000 lives, this man. And the reason he, he looks crazy wiry. is because all of his bones have been replaced with metal. He's like the Terminator. <laughs> but they didn't get put on right. They got like weird melted in weird yeah, spots. So it's all crooked over and, and stuff. And his neck is too short. It's, it's heavy at that age. I don't know what's going on. It's heavy. His bones, the mass, the lack of calcium. It's really sad. So anyways... <laughs> That's really all I have to say. B-roll is not like there's nothing of note to me no. for B-roll. You've got some people walking. You've got Keith in the editing room was the best. Oh, the best. Like location scout. And then, um, I mean, if we can't really even do a MVP loser or brands money. I feel like we all are the losers here. Yeah. <laughs> brands, chicken salad sandwiches. <laughs> chicken salad sandwiches. What would Robert Durst's karaoke song be? Is that not a question for the ages? Devil went down to Georgia. I was just thinking, or Johnny Cash or something like that. Oh, Johnny Cash would be good. I don't even know. I don't even think he's that clever. I think it would be something weird. I think it would be like Frank Sinatra, like Fly Me to the Moon and Bad. Uh, But he thought he could sing it and he's like, Fly Me to the Moon. What if he's like, I love Kesha? That (laughs) would actually make me like him a little bit. Taste is. He's like that Camilla Cabello. I think she's fabulous. That would be something. So good. Or like One Direction. Billie Eilish. Yes. <laughs> One Direction would He's be, like, uh, yeah. Sucker, Jonas Brothers, my favorite song of the summer. <laughs> okay, so uh, M&M Mundane said, oh, oh, so Bumblebee said, why did so- these people sorry. wait? Sorry. So- oh, I'm Don't even try to skip titles. I have two that demand to be heard. Oh, does that come before or after? Okay, so before. Go. Yes. Twitter is Please. last. What about... I only have one title. Sorry. I wrote Robert Dursley. Wow. Why have we not made that comparison? Robert Dursley. Isn't that Uncle Dursley? No, Vernon Dursley. Well, that's why we didn't make that comparison. Moving on to my title, which is actually clever. <laughs> Bye-bye, Bobby. Okay, it's so, creepy. But- that was it. Like That's it. all I had. And then okay. witness. I thought That's witness was good. That's why you made us go back to titles. That's why I'm not. I'm not clever or funny. I just. We just I think it was it. pretty funny that you thought it was Robert Dursley. Oh yeah, I wrote it down in all caps. But I also wrote down Lewis Black many times, and I wrote down on meth in huge letters all across the bottom. <laughs> Your notes. Because that shocked me. That, I know, sh- that was my OMG of the episode, if you want. Like, that killed me. <laughs> what in the world? I was really on meth that whole time. I was like, what? <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, so Bumblebee asked, why did these people wait so long to tell the truth? And M and M Mundane said they were waiting until Robert was too old and frail to murder them. It's not yeah. a bad point. It's not... 
Because now he literally couldn't even lift a gun, I don't think. His wrist would snap right in half. And he doesn't have people. Like, you would think that a guy like this would have, like, a trusty butler, like an Albert from Batman. They always have, yes. Or, like, a... As someone in, like, a lower class that he's taken on and, like, gives him odd jobs to do. Oh, like, like a stray nephew. That's not really his nephew. Remember in- Injun Joe? The Native American Joe, but that he called him Injun Joe? He was, like, transient that would help him yeah. out with things. I'm sorry, and we're still not sure. We're still not 100% that it's not engine. Like, as in train engine? Like, yeah. he fixes engines? No, I'm pretty sure we talked... I think we talked to Mink about it. Because I said Native American Joe, and he laughed. So... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mickey Martini says, Bob looks like he's waiting for a pudding when the judge calls recess. <laughs> he's, like, waiting for his nurse to bring oh. him jello. So, w- speaking of the jinx, when he goes to the bathroom... And it forgets his mic is on. Rebecca he burps Kirk- so much. He burps so much. Is that a side effect of all the meth? Does it cause excessive burping? Uh, so, Re- <laughs> so Rebecca Crook says, Bob is so lonely, he was probably talking to his poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, somebody, I'm not going to read their name, said... Couldn't help but to keep wondering during tonight's Dateline whether Bob Durst was related to Kristen Durst at all. I know I'm not the only one. I mean, they even showed her on the red carpet. Don't shame that person. They tried so hard. Don't. I said Robert Dursley. I should leave that That's in why so it's that so she funny. feels better. That's why. And you also said Louis Black many times. I did. I did tw- two tonight. And I normally only don't do that many. So. Uh. Susan Leibowitz, who we, we've met, yes. she's amazing. Yes. She said Bob was the best man at Nick's wedding. So, oh, so my many questions. Bob. Nick. I don't care if Bob Robert Durst is your best friend in the entire world. Is that who you want to see when you're up there kissing your wife and putting the rings on it forever and the rings and the, do you want to see that face? Like a weird little rat. Yes, like Peter Pettigrew, but no, not chubby, just like super afraid. Like a real rat. rat. Like a a rat rat. Like, um, who's the bad guy in Secret of Nim? Nicodemus. No, I can't remember the bad. Jenner. That's like like a skinny rat. Yes, yes. Um, And she did say L.L. Bean was the source for Bob's court attire. Maybe he was wearing sport coats. Tweety sport coats. Maybe. Surprising, though. He has a lot of money. This is why I'm surprised. I feel like he would be in, at the very least, like, yeah. Ralph Lauren. No, I... Mm-hmm. Mandy.murder, who also thought that he... Lewin is hot. No shame. Why do I think Kimberly might steal a chicken salad sandwich with $38,000 in her car? She's such a sucker for a deal. <laughs> is that because I'm Jewish and we're cheap? Mandy. Are you calling her an anti-Semite on the air? No, because I asked her on Twitter and she goes, you're Jewish? You've never mentioned it before. Oh, that's Which is the common joke that people say. Kimster underscore giggles. Mm -hmm. Kate, this is so good. Kate McKinnon would slay as Robert Durst, given his elfish Jeff Sessions look. I don't know if you've seen her do Jeff Sessions. I have. Why it's, didn't we compare him to Jeff Sessions? Where where have we been? Beauregard. 
Because he's his posture is a little more stooped. So that's maybe why. But you're right. I should have thought of it. Um, Peter D. said, I don't see any evidence so far that Fred Durst wasn't involved. <laughs> and I Wait. wish right now I could think of a Fred Durst song. I have a question. Is this a Fred Durst song? It starts, wah <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's, that's okay, right. Okay, but I need help with this, because Oliver and I were going back and forth for, a, like, way too long, and both of us know it, and it's not corn, and we don't think it's Rage Against the Machine. This is going to be a 90s, 2000s era song, and it starts off, wah wah Is it Limp Bizkit? Yeah, that's just my thought. But if anyone knows off the top what I'm talking about... Or is it, um... It's a band that I don't listen to, because it was a song that I know when I hear that I don't like it, and I change it. But I don't mm. remember what song that is now. So it's nothing... Incubus? No. That's more no. like... I'm thinking it could be 311. Hmm. But I don't think so, no. I think it's more like... It might be corn. I don't think it's corn, though. Corn with a K? <laughs> yes, as opposed um, to a row of corn. Dateline producer said after Bob Durst was arrested in Pennsylvania, detectives found in his belongings clothing embroidered with his name. I don't know. What Stop it. Wait a minute. Does that mean monogrammed clothing or does that mean like in the back like this belongs well, to Robbie Durst? <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Like he's going to camp for the first time. And his mom wrote his name in it, but I it probably is monogrammed. I but I would much I, prefer it if it was in the back, like over the over the land's end, over the LL Bean. It said mm -hmm. property of. Oh yes, man. yes. Um, Eminem Mundane says he seems mentally competent, but frail from age and from committing three murders. And SV Salon said three murders does take a toll. He should have stuck to two to stay spry. Um, because he might have to kill again for Gomez and Helen. Exactly. Um, and this t has nothing to do with this episode, and it's from a couple weeks ago. But what? Kristen Palmer said, "If I'm ever killed by my lover, and it's good enough for Dateline to host, then I want Josh to start my episode with it started off with a kiss. How did it end up like this? I loved it. It was only a kiss. <laughs> it was only a kiss." There we go. And that could be the episode title. Only a kiss. Um, that's, did we have anything else? I'm literally dripping sweat balls. Oh, so we need to, we need to wrap this up for the reasons of sweat. Yeah. Sweat equity in this episode, folks. <laughs> thank this you one, so much. We thank you. Thank you to Dateline. I know we were a little harsh on this episode, but we love you so much. You know we, we love you. No, it's it was a great episode, and I really wanted to talk about Robert Durst. So thank you, Kimberly, for recapping it. Yay. Thank you, guys. Follow us online, and don't watch alone. Watch with the ghost of Robert Durst. Oh, no, wait. That's actually Robert Durst. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.